All righty, another episode of Baseball Chatter. Today we've got Derek Lee and Logan. Logan, how are you doing today? Good, man. No complaints. I uh, It's been a busy week with work, but here we are. Tomorrow's Friday. Made it to another Friday, yep. Derek, how are you doing? Good, good. Like Logan said, just waiting for the weekend now. Absolutely. You got any plans this weekend, Derek? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to a concert on Sunday. Oh, okay. Which one? Uh, it's this Korean pop group called Twice. Oh, I was about to say, are you going with Brady to another, like, Interrupters or... No, no, no. Not till uh, September is when we're going to that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Are you going with anybody? Uh, no, just just going by myself. Nice. Yep. Logan, you got plans for the weekend? That's awesome, man. Um, I am working this weekend, and then I I got my Sunday league baseball game this weekend. Hopefully, I can rack up another 15-plus case. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still dominating that league? Uh, Yeah. I hate to, you know, be that guy, but it's uh, it's been fun. You know, it's, it's playoff time now, so. I'm out there laboring over a hundred pitches each week. So it's good. It's a fun time. Yeah. I'm going to be trying to grind out um, as much homework I can get through this weekend. Although um, today, later in the day, I'm going to be going to play volleyball and potentially joining a volleyball league, which Mm. is going to be quite interesting. That's Um, what I'm talking about, dude. Never really played volleyball, but, you know, I go out there and give it my all on anything. So it's going to be like a Tuesday night league. Um, I hear the competition is pretty tough. Uh, Where at? We'll see. I think it's just around San Dimas area. Or okay, I have to double check on that. But, yeah, so I'm going to go out um, later today and play with some people that have been playing for quite some time and see how it goes. So that should be fun. Good for you, man. That would be a good time. All right, let's get into the baseball talk now. As we did last week, we should start off with our moment of the week. Logan, do you have a moment of the week that stood out for you? Um, let's see here. I mean, obviously the Angels this week, man. They're doing something special. My man Reed. What day was that? Was that was that Tuesday? For the no-no? It, it was Tuesday, yeah, the no-hitter. Yeah, that was impressive, huh? I think anytime you go no hitter, you got to be the player of the week. Um, actually, it says he only had two strikeouts too, which is pretty impressive. Uh, defense defense came to play that day, and uh, you know, it, it was. I mean, guy was feeling himself. He was dealing 108, 108 pitches. That's a very efficient one walk, unfortunately, and uh, I think there was one error. But I also. Uh, I also want to add in the little Rendon left-handed bomb. That's pretty impressive, even if it's off a position player, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was going into trying to see is if this was um, the lowest strikeout total for a no-hitter, and apparently there's been some no-hitters with no strikeouts. So That's it insane. definitely is not. Um, but the fact that there was – only two strikeouts does this take away from the no hitter like was he that dominant what do you mean eric oh well i mean anytime you throw a no hitter i i feel like you got to give the pitcher some credit you know i think in every no hitter we've seen almost at least one great defensive play behind him that kind of marks 
like the significant moment of no hitter. So I think him having only two strikeouts, that's not really a big deal. I mean, he still threw, I think it was like 112 pitches. So he still had to go out there. He still had to get batters out. And I think that shouldn't take away from how impressive his performance was. Logan, what were you going to add to that? Oh, yeah. I No, I don't think so, man. I think regardless of the strikeout total or what, I mean, it's it's impressive, man, you know, to go out there and, you know, miss as many bats. I mean, not necessarily, obviously, with his case, he wasn't missing too many bats, but the contact wasn't as hard as, you know, some guys going out there and getting whacked around the yard. I mean, he's pitching, you know, getting soft contact and, I mean, making quality pitches, you know, and his defense came to play. I think it's, you know, it's it's a team win there, absolutely, and I think it contributes to the entire team. I also enjoyed seeing the entire uh, the entire team after the game, um, kind of sitting in the in the end of the dugout or out on the field um, afterwards, like when he was getting interviewed and stuff. That's pretty that's pretty sweet and uh, kind of shows that you know where the Angels are at and they're clicking, man. You know. Yeah, this seems to be, uh, I think at least, probably the most fun team to watch at the moment. Derek, would you agree with that? Um, I don't know about the most exciting right now, but they're definitely doing something special right there. You know, just compared to last season too. I mean, Mike Trout was out for most of the season with injury and Otani obviously had a really great season one day AL MVP, but now that they have Trout and Otani both back and they're both healthy and you got guys like Taylor Ward is doing a really good, uh, you also got Detmers, obviously, uh, you got Noah Syndergaard and then there's just a couple of bullpen guys that have had like Aaron Loop, I think they have a chance to contend for not only the playoffs, but maybe the division title. Absolutely. And Derek, I know you and I talked earlier today, but what was your moment for the week? Was it also the no hitter? Uh, kind of like Logan said, I think anytime somebody throws a no hitter, that's got to be the moment of the week. I think um, there's quite a couple. Uh, I mean, Justin Verlander had eight shutout innings. He, he took a no hitter into the eighth inning. Uh, Nestor Cortez also had seven point or seven and a third innings of no hit ball against the Rangers this week. So a couple of really good pitching performances. Otani had his first career grand slam the day before Detmer's no hitter, I believe. And um, yeah, a multi-homer game, right? Yeah, yeah. It was opposite uh, home, opposite field home run too for his grand slam. So that yeah. was pretty cool. And then uh, Miguel Cabrera also hit his 600th career double. And so now he's he's the third player in MLB history with 3,000 hits, 600 doubles, and 500 home runs, along with Hank Aaron and Albert Pujols. Wow, that's elite company. Safe to say mm-hmm. he's a Hall of Famer, right? Yeah, I yeah I truly believe he, like especially when he was in his prime. Like there's very few hitters in the MLB that were more dangerous than Miguel Cabrera. I would 100% agree with that. This brings us to our next topic, which. I'm labeling as contenders or pretenders. And just since we've been talking about the angels recently, let's go ahead and start with them. The angels currently are in first place in the AL West with a record of 21 and 12. We'll get a first round buy in the playoffs as the current number two seed in the American league are led by Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Anthony Rondon, the list goes on there. Team hitting stats. They're one of the top offensive teams, top in OPS and runs scored third and on base percentage. And their pitching's not too bad. Fourth in whip, third in batting average against, and ERA at 3.37 for the team. 
Logan, are the Angels legit contenders or are they just pretenders in the first month and a half of the season? Oh, man. I You know what? I think even in my early projections, I had them right on the on the cut list uh, on, on, you know, borderline uh, teams that are going to make it or not. I think, I think they're legit, man. You know, and I, I think one thing that they've lacked is kind of motivation. You know, I mean, obviously bringing in Otani in the last, you know, year or two, it's been exciting. And I think that helps, man. You know, you got to bring in good players and good talent. And with that, I believe that you're going to get your fans more involved and energetic and, it's um, it's not, you know, it's not usual for teams to have two superstars like Trout and Otani in the same squad, you know, and they're healthy. Rendon's getting healthy and uh, they're playing together, you know, and they got younger guys stepping up, you know. So I, I think they're pretty legit, man. I think when you could say the same about the Mets, when you got, you know, offseason additions and, you know, your owners put in a little bit of money for the for the team. I think you get guys more motivated, you know, and I think I think they show up and it just takes, you know, a few guys playing with fire. So I, th- I think they're legit, man. Derek, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Logan. I think the Angels are doing really well right now. They're, I think they're a game, a game or a half game back behind the Astros for the AL West lead. Uh, their pitching's actually been really fantastic looking at it. I mean, they have Otani, Detmer, Syndergaard, Michael Lorenzen, and Patrick Sandoval as well. That's a pretty solid five-man rotation. And then in the bullpen, you got uh, Rizal Iglesias, obviously their closer. You got guys like Jimmy Herget, who they picked up off of waivers, I believe it was last year. He's been really solid this year. Ryan Tepper, they added in free agency this past offseason. Aaron Loop, obviously, like I said before. And then Jaime Berea. The, all, all of those guys have been really, really good out of the bullpen. And uh, Oliver Ortega as well. So I think if their hitting can kind of step it up a little bit, Taylor Warden, Trout have been really good. Jared Walsh has kind of been something a little bit, and Otani didn't really get off to the best start hitting and pitching. So I think if they can get their hitting a lot more consistent, especially when guys like Brandon Marsh start heating up and Rendon too as well, I think they'll be a really, really hard team to reckon with. Absolutely, and I I agree. I think that the Angels are definitely legit contenders as well. And, yeah, thanks for correcting me. They did drop yesterday on Thursday night to second place in the American League West, only half a game back behind the Astros. Which brings us to our next team, a team that is also atop their division in the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins, currently in first place, 18-14 and 14 record, although they've been on a little bit of a skid. They've lost three consecutive games and have played 5-5 five and five overall, so 500 ball in their last 10 games. They're led by Byron Buxton, who's second in major leagues with nine home runs, has 17 runs batted in. Kind of a middle of the pack in terms of hitting. Their pitching has been what has been keeping them up uh, top to AL Central early on with a 3.35 team ERA, sixth in the majors. Uh, Derek, I'm going to have you start with this one. Are the Twins contenders or pretenders? Man, that's a tough one. I mean... I, I think at the beginning of the year, I probably would have picked the Twins to be either first or second in the division. And then the White Sox have just kind of imploded as of late. I think they would have been the other favorite to take away the AL Central. Um, but right now it's really close. It's a, it's a dogfight between the Twins, the White Sox, and the Guardians. So I think right now the, the Twins, I think most of it, I think it really 
really hinges on the health of Byron Buxton. Because if Buxton goes down, then I think that team loses a really big part of its not only its offense, but the defense as well, because Buxton is a really good defensive outfielder. And so especially when guys like Correa, uh, Carlos Correa, he's hurt, and he's also not been doing the greatest in his first year in Minnesota. I think if Buxton were to get hurt and then guys like Correa and Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, they can't pick up the slack, I think the Twins could start sinking down the standings. Yeah, I agree with you. Logan, how about you? Yeah, I, I, I would agree, man. I mean, you know, Derek doesn't miss very much, if ever. But he, he knows right on the head, you know, you got to get guys going. Their pitching's been really well, doing really well this year. Um, got to get Cray healthy. You know, you got to get Cray healthy. You got to keep Buxton healthy. You got to keep the, you know, their lineup, their lineup moving. Um, there's been some guys that have been doing well for them arm-wise. Um, Paddock and Archer have been decently serviceable. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of worried about their arms in all reality, you know. Um, they got Bundy as one of their starters. She, Bundy, Archer, Paddock, those guys, uh, in my opinion right now, if they, I don't know, you give them, what, 15, 20 starts a year, I don't know how many of those guys are going to have a winning record. But, I mean, you can string along, like, low-scoring games or, you know, rally up some hits and rely on the bullpen, and I think they could be okay. But I, uh, we'll see. You know, I, I definitely am rooting for them. Obviously, all of us are pretty big fans of Buxton and what they got going on over there. I, you know, regardless of Korea's Astro issues, I like them a lot. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Derek, once again, you did nail it right on the head. I think Buxton definitely needs to stay healthy. Um, something that we have not seen in, in the past years. And even earlier this year, it looked like he went down with a pretty bad injury, although he came back a couple of days later, still hitting the cover off the ball. Um, Logan, you mentioned at the pitching staff, when you look on, on paper, it doesn't seem to be that they would be sixth in team ERA, but they're hanging tough right now through it. And, and in large part, maybe it's because of the division that they're playing in, um, aside from White Sox and Cleveland guardians, who've been putting up a lot of runs, you know, you got Detroit and Kansas city in the bottom of that division to beat up on. But I think. I think early on, they've just kind of um, done pretty well. Uh, obviously, Correa coming back, hopefully soon, should be a, a boost to them. But I think overall and long term, I, I don't think the pitching staff holds up. And I'm, I'm not completely sold on Buxton and Correa leading the entire team offensively. So I, I'm going to say that the Twins are pretenders, and I think that they will fall probably even a third place. I think the Guardians have been a, a pleasant surprise at 15 and 15 right now, two games back of the twins. Um, but I think the White Sox will eventually take over the central and run away with that division. Our next team to look at is the San Diego Padres. Um, last year, we saw a dogfight between the Dodgers and Giants for the NL West. And we saw the Giants win that division only to lose in the divisional round in a best of five to the Dodgers. And a lot of people thought, it was going to be the Dodgers and Giants up top of the division. Currently, it's the Dodgers and the Padres there, but the Giants aren't too far behind. Aren't too far behind. Padres, meanwhile, last year kind of underperformed. And right now, without their main star, Fernando Tatis Jr., they are still 
hanging tough amongst the NL West, which is the only division to have every single team above 500 still. Padres are led by Manny Machado, who's putting together a NL MVP caliber season, one of only two players right now with an OPS over 1,000, at least that are uh, league eligible in terms of at-bats per game, hitting 383, seven homers, 22 RBIs. Eric Cosmer has been dominant as well. And the staff is led by Joe Musgrove, 4-0, win, uh, perfect record with an ERA at 2.08. So, Logan, I'll start with you. Are the Padres legit contenders, or are they pretenders? Yeah, man. I, uh, I'm big on the Padres, to be honest with you. I think in the year, in the beginning of the year, we all had them. I mean, their roster obviously speaks for itself. Machado's stepping up huge right now um, with Tatis down. I, uh, I I mean, they have guys in the lineup that they're expecting big things from that really haven't done much. And, they're, you know, they're still playing good ball. I think Cronenworth will pick it up, as he should. Uh, Grisham is one of their guys that they count on. They rely on quite a bit. You know, Luke Voigt's just getting back in there. Um, offensively, I think they got it going on. Um, it's early for them, of course, you know, but their pitching staff's been great. Uh Obviously, Musgrove, Manea's had a few really good games. Darvish, I think that's a solid three. And with Gore, I mean, he, before this year, man, he was a uh, he was a wild card. They didn't know if he'd ever play in the league, but you know, he's figured out his mechanics. You know, he's jumped in velo. I mean, he's he's done well. So, I uh, I think this team is uh, you know going to stay at the top for a while. And uh, I don't think they'll top the Dodgers, but I think they'll get up there. And Derek, how about you? I, I mean, reading some reports lately, it looked as if the Padres are close to inking Robinson Cano. I don't know if it's going to be for the rest of the year or what their plans are there, but adding Robbie Cano there, I'm not sure how much help he'll ha he'll contribute there. But obviously, aside from that tangent, Derek, do you think the Padres are contenders? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Logan. I think uh, just looking at the standings right now, the like you said, the NL West is the only division where every single team is above 500 right now. And the Padres, I don't, I don't think they'll top the Dodgers either, but uh, they'll definitely secure that first wild card spot by any means, uh, just based off the positions of the other teams in other divisions. The Braves are below 500. Uh, the Cardinals are above 500, but they're still not close to the winning percentage of the Padres. So I think the Padres do have, it's, it is their wild card to lose, I think. And, even without Tatis, they've been doing really well. Manny Machado, like you mentioned, has been doing really well. Eric Hosmer has had an unbelievable season so far after the Padres brought in Luke Voigt, who they I think they were trying to kind of platoon them a little bit, but Hosmer has been really good against both lefties and righties so far. Um, the pitching staff, Joe Musgrove has been absolutely fantastic. Sean Manai has been really good. He's only had one really bad start that was against the Dodgers last month. I think they need a little bit more from you, Darvish. Mackenzie Gore has been really good to start his MLB career. And then Taylor Rogers, who they got in the Chase Paddock trade, he's been absolutely fantastic as the closer. So I think they might have to add maybe one more bullpen arm and then just hope that the pitching or the hitting, rather, excuse me, starts to come through behind Machado and then eventually when Tutsis comes back. Yeah, I'm going to agree with both of you here. I think the Padres are legit contenders. I actually picked them to finish above the Giants um, this year. So I, I know the Giants won the division last year, but I picked the Giants to finish third. 
I, I love the Padres. Um, even though I'm a Dodgers fan, big on Tatis. I know that when he comes back, it's just going to be an even huge boost to this San Diego team. And if they're hanging around a game, game and a half, a couple games back of the Dodgers come all-star break when Tatis is supposed to be coming back, man, I, I think they have a legit chance of even taking this division. That's how yeah. legit I think this team could be. Um, but yeah, they're definitely contenders in my eyes. The other team that we have here and our final team will be the St. Louis Cardinals in second place in the National League Central, 17 and 14, two and a half games back of the Brewers. Um, you mentioned, Derek, that they are the only, what, the other second place team that has an above 500 record other than the Padres, you know, the Braves below 500. Mm-hmm. And then, so the Cardinals, do you think they are contenders or pretenders? Billy, why don't you Me take this or one? Logan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll take this one. I, I do not think that the Cardinals are contenders. I, they're playing in, I think, one of the weakest divisions in all of baseball. I think the Brewers are going to run away with that division. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Cincinnati. It's it's been a miracle to see them win a couple ball games in a row at eight and twenty four, but I think they're benefiting from playing in a weak division, um, and it might be that we get all three wild card teams from the NL West at this point, the way that it's looking. So, yeah, it could be that I I just I'm I'm not sold on the Cardinals. Um, I think offensively, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt and a host of other guys can continue to put up some decent numbers. Um, the pitching staff doesn't seem as strong compared to other pitching staff, such as the Padres or Giants. Um, heck, even the Atlanta Braves who are underperforming right now. But, but, it's a big but, because the Cardinals just seem to always, no matter what team they have, it just seems to always be around come October. So yeah. I feel like you just can never count them out, but at the moment, what I'm looking at, I, I don't think they're contenders. Okay. What do you think, Logan? You know, I, I look at their, you know, their veteran leadership and obviously with guys like Wainwright, with guys like, you know, Molina. Uh, it's his final year, I believe, right? This is farewell tour, right, the both of them? Yep. Uh, you know, you see stuff like that, man, and I, I think that gives maybe a little bit of extra motivation around the guys around them, you know. I mean, two are, I, I would say, both Hall of Famers, you know. Um, I, I think that helps motivation-wise, roster-wise. I look at their arms, you know. Um, Daniel Hudson, uh, Steven Matz, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be tough. I think, you know, their, their bullpen's okay. It's pretty good. They got some good dudes that uh, – I've been doing all right. I think um, Gallegos is one of their one of their solid arms they got. But just you know, you just gotta have guys perform, man. And it comes down to health and longevity. And if you can keep your starters healthy, um, I, I think you can have a decent run. But I don't think any of their one through five arms are gonna be like wow, like you know, elimination game. This is the dude. But that's my opinion. I mean, let's hear what you got, Derek. <clears throat> Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with both of you. I don't think the Cardinals really have what it takes to win the division, at least. I think they'll probably be the second wild card 
when it comes down to it. And then if you have to face the Padres, I, that's the thing. Like Billy said, the, the Cardinals always have to seem like this little voodoo magic in October, and they kind of just keep coming. Like it was just like last year, they they won like some absurd amount of games in a row to sneak into the playoffs. I mean, they did lose to the Dodgers in the wild card game, I think it was, or the whatever game it was. But yeah. just for them to come back from that many games back of uh, Milwaukee is just insane to watch. And um, I think the the real black hole that they have right now is that shortstop because they just sent down Paul DeYoung because he was just hitting absurdly bad. And um, I think if they can try to fill that hole some way, whether that's moving Tommy Edmund to short and calling up Norman Gorman, or I don't, I don't know what they need to do, then maybe they explore the trade market. But I think that's something they need to address. And then probably pitching as well. Their bullpen's kind of inconsistent. Like they have Giovanni Gallegos, like you said, Logan. They got Henesis Cabrera. Like those are two pretty lights out guys on a nightly basis. But um, you look at the starting rotation, they got Miles Michaelis and Adam Wainwright's there. He's been around forever. He's on the DL right now, or the IL, excuse me. And then yeah. you, guys, you got guys like Dakota Hudson, Steven Matz. And Jordan, Jordan Hicks has been really cool to watch as a starter this year though just because he has some nasty stuff but yeah like logan said i think their pitching's a little behind um teams like the brewers or even like the padres or the giants so i think they're pretenders for now yeah i think we're all in agreement for that one are there any other teams those are the four teams that i kind of i guess pointed out um upon looking at the standings but Derek or logan looking at the standings early on are there any other teams that you kind of want to maybe bring up or are those four teams all good um that's pretty much good man i think i think you know there's obviously been like little teams here and there that have been performing really well like look at the diamondbacks dude like they're staff unbelievable all year you know well i think that will continue no probably not you know i think that's eventually gonna you know wither away but you see that early on and it's kind of cool man you know you see i don't know i think it was was it gallon the other day talking about chisholm did you guys see about that or hear about that i did no, not I didn't. you guys didn't you hear you said no no i think it was an interview i saw on twitter i think if i could be maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong but um gallon i believe was traded for chisholm and he knew there are chisholm uh, public came out. I don't know when this was, but he said he wanted to hit a home run off the guy that they like that was traded for him or that he was traded for. And um, Gallon in the interview was like, "Yeah, like it's cool. Like I knew that he wanted to go, you know, hit a home run against me, whatever." Blah blah. blah. I've heard the interview, and that the woman at interviewing him asking him the questions was like, "What do you think about that?" She was like, "Well," he goes, "Well, you know, when they swing big, they miss big," and he said like. I just, you know, I challenged him. He had a few swings early, and then he goes, I threw him 97 and said, I wanted to see how far he can hit. He didn't hit it. So, but it's cool, cool, like, little stuff like that. But, like, man, those guys, it's cool to see guys fired up, you know, knowing that they're going into a season that may not be, you know, championship contenders. Um, But, yeah. I. I just looked it up right now. So, yeah, I mean, they were traded for one another. So that is interesting to note right there, Logan. And I think you kind of bring up a point. When you go into the season where you're like, well, there's not much 
to be expected of as a team or as individuals on this ball club. I think you're able to play a little bit more free spirited and have fun and even build the closer bond because there's real no pressure. So you're having more fun and enjoying the clubhouse and enjoying the day-to-day grind. And we see surprise teams. So who would have thought that all five teams in the national league West would be above 500 or at the diamondbacks, as you mentioned, 17 and 15, seven of their last uh, 10 games have won um, and playing pretty, pretty well. So I don't know, some free spirit there. Derek, another team that I kind of looked at and was maybe even thinking about adding here was the guardians. They're Mm -hmm. currently 500, 15 and 15, but man, they look like they just, they're like, they're hungry and are really trying to compete for the central. Yep. I would a hundred percent agree with that. I was just about to bring that up before you said that the, the guardians, they're just two games back of the twins along with the white Sox. Um, Jose Ramirez had a really great April. I know we talked about that last week, but uh, I mean, Stephen Kwan, that's kind of my guy. I, I didn't know who he was before the season. And I, I watched the first game of the season between the guardians and the Royals. And I mean, for me, it's always cool to see like an Asian American playing in the MLB. So for me to see that, that was really cool. So um, just to see him starting off his career at, on a high note has been really awesome to see. Uh, the Guardians also have had a really good starting pitching lately. They've had Cal Quantrill, Shane Bieber, obviously. He's been really consistent over the last couple of years. Uh, Tristan McKenzie has also been kind of up and down, but I think that's somebody they're really interested in seeing perform well. And then another guy like Zach Plesak, if he can kind of remain consistent, I think that's a solid four-man rotation. And then their bullpen has been almost lights out. I mean, you got Emmanuel Classe, Trevor Stefan, Sam Henches, Nick Sandlin. Those guys have all been pretty, pretty good for the Guardians. So I think if they can get a little bit more from someone like Ahmed Rosario um, and maybe even like Fran Mill Reyes, that guy has been really, really bad to start the season. So I think if you can get a little more from at least Fran Mill, I think this team could be a force to reckon with at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah, I think you forgot a guy in uh, Josh Naylor playing very well this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this week what he did against the White Sox. Mm-hmm. But he put all, up eight RBIs? Something after like the that? eighth inning. All of them after the eighth inning. Yeah. And I don't know if celebration when he hit that home run in the extras. My goodness, was this man fired up. I mean, he's hitting on the year. He's hitting 347, five dingers, 22 ribs, and 72 at-bats. That's, that's a hot start, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I think with teams like that, I don't mean to interrupt you, Billy, but I think with teams like that, you see, you see uh, all these big time players leaving, going to get the money, chase the money. And these you get guys like Jose Ramirez who want to stay there and say, this is my home. I'm going to take, you know, a pay, pay cut, not necessarily a pay cut. I'm going to take less money to stay where I belong, you know, or where I'm home. And I think for, I think that kind of speaks volume about him as a player and as a teammate, and as a, as a man. Um, and it kind of shows his loyalty, you know, and I mean, if, if I'm a, if I'm a player on a team, uh, you know, and I got a stud like that on my team or, you know, a future hall of famer like that, I'm, I'm kind of fired up, you know, that kind of gets me going like, Hey, you know, this is, he probably talked to the guys in the clubhouse, told him, Hey, this is a group of guys I want to continue to play with, you know, and this is where I see myself, you know, finishing my career. So let, let's go win a championship. And I, that's got a lot of fire in your ass, you know I mean? That's my opinion, but yeah, it, they've been fun to watch. 
No, I agree with you. I think when you have a guy like that that's willing to stay and is committed to the team, it also opens up the door to bring in newer free agents that are saying, hey, I want to play with Jose. I want to try to put together a championship team out there for the Guardians. And I, I love the pitching staff. I mean, in my eyes, I think the Guardians just developed pitching probably top five in all of Major League Baseball. They just seem to always bring out new arms that just do well with their farm system. And, you know, you mentioned two guys that I'm high on, Plesak and McKenzie. Those two guys, I think, are future all-stars and Cy Young contenders in this league. And um, we've seen stints where they could be great. We've also seen stints where, you know, they're not so great. But I think once those two figure it out, they could legit lead this team to uh, a division title and, and a deep postseason run behind those two, behind those two arms. Yeah, actually, one guy that we forgot to mention for San Diego was Mike Clevenger, who actually came up with Cleveland. So that's, a, that's another guy that uh, to think <laughs> about, especially for the Padres, is him coming back from Tommy John. He hasn't been super great to start, but I think that's just a lot of rust coming off right now. Yeah, he'll get he'll get in his groove. It takes it takes some time, but hell, I mean, what is he had two years off, man? I mean. First few starts, just adrenaline, just getting back in, you know, then he'll get in his rhythm. He'll get going. And dude, something about that guy, man. They feed off his energy. I think he's, you know, great clubhouse guy. I think he's a guy that you want on your staff. He brings energy. You never see that guy. It never looks like that guy's not going 120%, you know. And I think is a oh man, I love that. A fireman watching the pitch. I think from the he get, the moment he gets to the ballpark, it's go time, you know? So it's all business with that man. And he's quite the character on the mound too. And it's, <laughs> it's fun to watch both in terms of a competitor, but also just kind of, I guess, the way that he tries to throw off hitters timing and stuff um, is just fun to watch. As we take a look into um, – the weekend and even next week, what are some potential matchups that you're interested in watching? I'll, I'll begin on this one. Um, the weekend series between the Padres and the Braves is one series that I'm fired up to watch. I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday matchups, Darvish versus Freed, Manea versus Morton, Musgrove versus Wright. I think, man, what a series to watch six great arms go at it and you know the Braves need to get things going they don't want to fall further behind further behind rather in the National League East already six and a half games back of the Mets and for the Padres they want to stay atop the NL West and compete with the Dodgers and Giants so I think that's going to be a fun series to watch and I think a series that both teams want to win yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Uh, that was actually another matchup I highlighted was Joe Musgrove against Kyle Wright. I mean, Musgrove's been fantastic. We've talked about it already multiple times. Uh, he's probably the ace of the staff right now. And then Kyle Wright had a fantastic April. We talked about that last week as well. So I think that would be a really good series. The one that I highlighted uh, was the Mariners against the Mets. Now the Mariners are, I think, seven, seven games back now of the Astros for the AL West. I think that was a team that a lot of people had pegged to win the division this year. So to see them seven games back, that's a little bit surprising, I think, for some people. So uh, I think if the Mariners can take away at least two out of three 
from this series will be really something, especially because they have to go against Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett. And I think uh, those are always going to be two tough arms that you got to face. And I think the Mariners bats, if they can wake up and kind of throw them around a little bit, then maybe uh, that's, you get something going and you have some momentum for the rest of the season. And I was one of those guys that was high on the Mariners coming into this season. Have definitely underperformed, I think. I think you're absolutely right. If they could take a series against the Mets, especially those two arms and Bassett and Scherzer, that could light a fire under the team and say, hey, you know, we're underperforming right now, but we just took a big series. And let's continue this momentum here and keep things rolling. Logan, what are you looking forward to? Well, I think uh, for me, being a Giants fan, I think Giants-Cards is going to be a good series. Cardinals got them. Uh, I think it was last weekend in San Fran uh, on, a, on a, you know, downhill slope. But Giants have been fired up. They've been playing good ball the last six games. They've been playing well. Um, I'm interested to see that series, you know, I, I think see what they're made of on the road. You know, I think both those teams are contenders so far, so it should be good. I also am interested in the Sox, the White Sox, excuse me, and the Yankees going in Chicago. Um, I think Friday night, Garrett Cole versus Ben Velasquez. I think that should be a good game, man. I think the White Sox, this is a big series for them. Um, I think it's going to test them. I know they've been struggling a little bit this year, but, man, I think uh, you go in and you win the series this weekend. I think it can, you know, light a fire into the guys and kind of turn things around for the uh, for the White Sox. Um, and then there was one more that I saw was pretty interesting this weekend. Let's see, where was it? It was Toronto and Tampa Bay. I think that's going to be a good series this weekend. I think there's going to be – some good pitching duels in that one. Uh, Gosman, Ryu, and let's see who's going for them Sundays. Manoa. Manoa versus Kluber Sunday. I'm going to be tuned in on that one. I can't wait. Manoa's been special this good. year, man. Yeah, he's been special this year, man. So we'll see. You know, I think those bats, Toronto, man, they're insane. So I think their they're three arms should should carry him this weekend. I'd like to see Toronto take the series, but um, we'll see. You never know, man. I'm going to go back to that White Sox-Yankees matchup that you talked about for tonight. We got the Yankees, Garrett Cole against the White Sox Vince Velasquez. Just a shout-out. I mean, the Yankees won yesterday. There's – put up 15 runs against the White Sox. So they took game one of a four-game series, uh, 15 to seven. But I'm excited to see Vince Velasquez go at it again. Just a shout out to Vince. He's a, a Gary High School alum, um, drafted out of high school by the Astros. I came up with them and then got traded over to the Phillies, um, became one of the top three starters for a little bit, then kind of fell down. Went through some surgeries, came back with the Padres last year, and now finds himself with the White Sox. And his last two starts has been pretty dominant against the Angels, five and two-thirds scoreless. Um, and his last start on the sixth of this month in Boston goes five innings, three hits, only one run. So I'm excited to see him starting to put things together, back-to-back -back good starts. Um, and no other better way to do it than against the Yankees team, who's won 23 games already, top the division in the ALS. So I'm excited to see him throw again. Fun fact about 
Vince Velasquez and our, our little alma mater. Vince Velasquez, I'm not too sure the year. Don't quote me on this. I think it was anywhere from 2010 to 2012 out of Gary High School. Came in. They were some no-name team. San Dimas was the three seed, and he came in and absolutely carved up San Dimas' lineup. I talked to a, uh, an alumni the other day in regards to the game. And he was like, yeah, we were playing, you know, little Gary High School. And they didn't have a great record. But all of a sudden, here comes their ace. He's 90 to 95. Sure as hell, it turns out to be Vince Velasquez. But pretty cool stuff, man. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I mean, man, I mean, they're turning some tides over there at Gary High School. They just finished out an undefeated league season. I think they went 14-0 and 0 in league. Um, uh, yeah, first round knockout in CIF, unfortunate there. But, you know, I think, you know, it takes just one player to kind of get things going, maybe even a couple players, and, and you could start creating a nice little high school program there. And so yeah. the winning culture is what you want, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any final thoughts from either of you two? Nope. I got nothing. All right, perfect. We'll end it right there. Uh, thanks for joining us on another edition of Baseball Chatter. We'll see you next week.